You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. Happy Friday, everybody. We are getting closer and closer and closer and closer and closer every given day here to the hunting season. And man, I'm getting a little bit more excited, a little bit more excited. Uh, Yesterday, I did a little bit of a gear dive where I started going through some of my gear. I got all my saddle uh, ropes and platforms and saddles and like all of my accessories that I'm going to be using for saddle hunting this year. I got that all organized in a pile that's kind of sitting right in front of me. Uh, I went on a, let's see, yesterday, I went on like a mile, mile and a half. I I didn't calculate it yet, but I'm going to. uh, A mile, mile and a half ruck hike with 45 pounds on my back. I have something called an Atlas trainer. And... That Atlas trainer is freaking sweet, man. It's basically the end of a barbell, and you can slide plates, weightlifting plates, on that, and you throw it on. A, it's like a pack, right? And you wear it. And basically, what I do is I, I bought it. I think it when I bought it, it was like three hundred some dollars. I think it's a little bit more now. But anyway, I use that to train for my western hunts, and and so now I'm going to be switching up my workouts. Uh, to to up more ruck uh, ruck hikes with weight, and then once every like five uh, five hikes, I do something called a like a death march, and then I'll put two forty five pound plates to kind of stimulate uh, simulate a pack out, and then I I don't go on a full hike, I just go up and down a hill for the same amount of time as a, as a hike. And it just murders you. I mean, it sucks on the legs. It sucks on the whole body, but the whole body is getting used to carrying that amount of weight. And I am hoping that that conditions my body for the environment that I'm going to be going and, and hopping around in. And that's the badlands of South Dakota. So I'm, I'm, I'm starting to do less weightlifting and doing more, hiking and more cardio to get my heart rate up and basically put myself in a situation similar to what I'm going to be doing out west. So uh, that's that's what I'm doing there. And then I'll start, other than on the death marches, uh, I'll start to increase my weight. So um, I'll do 45 pounds and then I'll throw a 10-pound weight on there or a 5-pound weight. I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet. Another 5-pound weight. And then I'll go do the same hike. And then, you know, the next week I'll do a, another 
week of maybe 10 more pounds and eventually just to build up the legs build up the endurance build up the the muscle stamina and get myself in peak physical condition for for the western hunt so shooting my bow man i had uh i don't i don't know how you guys do it i'd love to hear your thoughts but i focus i have a 20 40 no a 20 30 40 50 60 uh, yard pins on my uh on my bow and because i am uh like i'm always crunched for time and so when i shoot my bow i don't have a ton of time to really focus on it and my shoulder so i don't want to shoot too terribly long so what i'm doing is i'm shooting at 60 yards all the time and what i'm tr- what i'm hoping happens is that i I consistently am shooting decent groups at 60. So then at 20 yards, I'm just burying them, you know, and it becomes easier the closer I get to the target. And so um, eventually I'll start shooting at a variety of yardages, but right now I'm 60 and I spend most of my time at 60 uh, trying to make very micro adjustments to get my arrows uh, where I want them to go. And uh, so that's what I'm doing for my for my bow again my gear i'm digging through my gear i'm getting everything ready Uh, i have to order some food uh some some of those freeze-dried meals uh whether it's mountain house or peak refuel or uh, there's a whole heather's choice or whatever whatever they are and i'm gonna dig through some of that stuff and see what i have and what i need and uh, make sure I order those but outside of that man I'm other than shooting my bow and and getting continuously tuned in and honed in man I'm I am uh man I think I'm ready I think the brownie points are there you know I I I still have a ton of coaching to do uh going to my daughter's softball games you know here pretty soon wrestling starts up again and I'll be around for some of that but things kind of wind down and shift into a different season here at the end of October, right around the time when all the sports start to shift too. So there's way less games. It's more practices and I'm okay with missing some practices. Um, I, I, I always kind of have a, a regret in my body when I miss an actual game, but I'm okay with missing some practices and uh, getting out there and, and hunting I don't know about you, and we talk a little bit about this in today's episode with Justin Czar. We talk about going out and like for me, the very first night of my hunts, I always feel really guilty for leaving my family. And I don't know why, because I honestly feel like I've earned the right to go on these trips. Um, I make my money by talking about going on these trips and get, you know, talking about the experiences. It's part of my job now. So there's a, you know, there's a factor that some people don't get the opportunity to take advantage of. And then like, I don't know. I like, I love my kids. I, I, you know, like if you could do anything, what would you do? Dude, I just want to hang out with my kids. Like I want to shoot hoops with my boy. I want to, you know, play baseball with my, my boy and my boy and, play catch and go on bike rides and and golf cart rides and and go 
you know, to the parks and stuff with my kids. Literally, that is my, what people are like, what would you do if you had a billion dollars? I'd play with my kids. <laughs> I'd go on boat rides and I'd play with my kids. I would probably buy a sweet four wheeler for everybody. And then we would do donuts, but I'd play with my kids. Like, the, my, like my favorite people is my family. And I would love to, like, all I want to do is just hang out with those people. So I do feel a little guilty going out. Uh, but then I get tired and day two is easier. I don't think, I, like, I'm not feeling the guilt. I'm thinking about them, but I'm not feeling the guilt as all, at all uh, anymore. So uh, I'm looking forward to the upcoming seasons, man. I'm debating on what, man, I'm really debating on what state I want to go hunt. Uh, outside of South Dakota and Iowa. I'm thinking there's there's three on the table right now. Oklahoma, which is an eight-hour drive from me. Eight or nine-hour drive, depending on what piece of public I go to hunt. Wisconsin, very close. Minnesota, very close. So I'm in eastern Iowa. Uh, Wisconsin is a, is a hour and a half, two-hour drive from me. Uh, Minnesota is a two-and-a-half-hour drive from me. And... I can get to some public on those two states within easily within three hours. And so I'm looking forward to that outside of that, man. Um, I think my season's going to be pretty full the last year. And this is what I'm really excited about in the past. And on my main farm, once shotgun season happens, the deer completely disappear. I mean, the, they, they, push it for first season they push it for uh, second season and then after that the farm is dead they go other places and the next thing you know it is uh it's a barren wasteland now on my new farm that i have access to it's a different story right um all the crops come out and guess what everything boil like floods down into the uh the farm that i hunt and i was we talked i talked to justin a little bit about this in today's episode where I'm a little worried about deer not showing up at certain, you know, like they're just not showing up. I had another, oh, it's hard to tell because of his angle, but I, I think I have one, I have two four-year-olds, one on my main farm, one on my new farm. And then this morning a nine pointer showed up a, a big nine pointer. I would put him in the low one fifties, maybe high one forties. He looks like he could be three or four. Uh, like I said, the body angle isn't there. I keep forgetting that there's corn all over the place this year, right? And so I think that once I am able, once the corn starts to come out, I'm going to start seeing deer pop up, more deer pop up on trail cameras. And that's going to then get me excited. So I I don't want to be, I don't want to start feeling like there's no deer yet but I feel like once once the deer start to how do I put this once the deer start to move around because uh the crops are starting to come out then I'll then I'll know whether or not the the season's going to be good and and hopefully now you know we we obviously want a little bit of rain but we don't want I don't want there to be a really wet October I'd rather all that precipitation wait till November or get it done in, in uh, September here because I don't want the crops to stay in too terribly long. 
because I feel like that's the cover that they're in right now. So once they combine it all, they'll flood down into this piece. And, and I think that's going to make everything easier. So that's, uh, that's it, man. Uh, we're going to do a commercial real, uh, com- some commercials real quick. And, and before I get into the commercials, I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you who continuously listens to the nine finger chronicles, man, it's been an absolute wild ride. And I think between the nine finger chronicles and the hunting gear podcast, man, I'm knocking on a thousand episodes launched since 2014, 2014 is when I launched the nine finger chronicles. I think 2000 and Oh man, I want to say 17 or 18 is when I launched the hunting gear podcast or something like that. It was close. It was, it was close to the time that I launched the, uh, the network and, and I look back and I'm just like a thousand episodes. Like I'm just under a thousand episodes. It's it's freaking crazy, man. And I, and, and so the only reason that I'm saying that is because I've been around a while and It's because you guys continue to show your support, and I really appreciate that. And because of that, you know, I wish there was more I could do, but I am sending good vibes your way, man. I I hope each and every one of you are successful this upcoming season, and you slay your giants, you fill your freezer, you accomplish whatever goal you have set before you. And, uh, and, and I hope it's fun, I hope it's beautiful, and I hope you enjoy uh, the hunting seasons as much as I do, man. So uh, good luck out there. If you would do me a huge favor, go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, let everybody else know how badass the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast is, how relatable it is, and um, let everybody, you know, let everybody else know that you enjoy listening to this podcast, man. All right, commercial time. And this is what actually pays my bills. And when I say pays the bills, I mean actually keeps the lights on, actually allows me to put gas in my vehicles, puts food in my refrigerator, right? I, I, I sell advertising and people listen to it. So um, if you are looking for a scent company, okay, a company that has synthetic deer scents, has real deer, deer urine, has mock scrape kits, has... Um, laundry detergent has deodorant has um uh, you know scent elimination sprays and a variety of other products you got to go check out code blue uh i you know obviously once it once we get into hunting season and i need to start washing my clothes i'm going to start using their laundry detergent their deodorant their scent-free deodorants uh you know i'm not a huge i'll I'll be completely honest i'm not a huge believer in scent-free spray but if you got it you might as well use it right you know it can't hurt right? It, it, it can't hurt spraying it up down on your clothes. Uh, and then obviously the, the rope-a-dope mock scrape kit, man. Um, I'm really looking forward to using some of their synthetic deer urines and, uh, and using that in my mock scrapes that I've created with their rope-a-dope system. So uh, go to codebluesense.com, enter the discount code NFC20 for 20% off. Uh, next on the list is the Woodman's Pal. And again, another brand new company that I'm working with this year. And I find this company really interesting. They've been around since 1940s, the 1940s. It is a made in America product. It's basically uh, a habitat tool or a machete. 
and I keep it in my truck. I have one in my truck and I keep one in my pack in case I need to hack some vines or chop a shooting lane or cut a bush down or clear a path for a trail camera, you know, knock some weeds out that would be, you know, triggering the trail camera. Uh, and so it's a great habitat tool made in America, very durable, very sharp. Ask my thumb. It's very sharp. And uh, it's, a, you know, it's a, it's a great tool to have in your system uh, all year round. So uh, woodmanspal.com, go check it out. Uh, last but not least, Huntworth, man. I'm really looking forward to uh, messing around with Huntworth gear this year. Um, they have a variety of clothing. I mean, for every scenario, whether you hunt in the South and it's extremely hot, they have clothes for you. Whether you hunt in Saskatchewan during the coldest parts of the year, they have clothes for you. And so they have a complete system in like three or four different uh, camo patterns. And it's just amazing, right? They have a, uh, they have a ton of very high quality, right? These guys, in, in my opinion, are the working man elite camel brands right so you have you have everybody knows the elite camel brands out there these guys are doing almost the same thing for 50 percent of the the cost and so what you have is very high quality that is very affordable and uh that's the kind of stuff that i'm into man i don't like i don't like i don't know i feel like some of these elite camel brands it's like cool kids club it's more cool it's cool you know it's cool to spend this much money and say that you have this does the garment work probably it better work for that that price but guess what most people can't afford that shit and that's why uh i like working with with huntworth because it's more relatable to be honest with you so go check out huntworth's website and uh, take a look at all of the products that those guys offer um and that's it man let's get into today's episode it's a bs session i'm sure you're gonna like it with justin czar three two one ladies and gentlemen welcome back okay hang on a second should i do monster truck introduction or mpr introduction Ooh. Surprise me, Dan. Okay, I'll go MPR because we already did okay. a monster, monster truck earlier. We already covered that one. Yeah, we covered that Fair one. enough. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, on today's episode, we're going to be talking with Justin Czar. Justin, you may know Justin from Bowhunter Die, where he gallivants around the nation looking for big whitetail bucks. Justin, how are you today? <laughs> You know, there's nothing better than gallivanting, Dan. Gallivanting. I have to say. It's one of my favorite ways to get around. Especially when you're gallivanting for big bucks. Yeah, yeah. I, I picture a lot of skipping and hand-holding when you're gallivanting. I'm not really sure if that's accurate or not, but in my mind, that's what I think. Oh, man. There's so many things I want to say right now. But like, <laughs> society and culture says that I can't. Dan, we have no culture here. You could say whatever you want. I know. I know. I here, I'll just say it. And I don't want I don't I don't want people to think in a certain way because I don't have hate in my heart. Okay? I I honestly don't care. But I, I just I really wish that I could use the word gay. I wish I could call you gay. You know what I, I mean? I use so, it all the time. You know what Dan. I mean like dude, all the that's time. gay. <laughs> I wish I could use that more and, and say there that in is public. Off, 
there was an awesome what did i just see it was like a south like an old south park oh yeah and they were like in court and they were like trying to explain the, the use of it and it had something to do with like guys with really loud motorcycles oh, yeah. right and they're like well that's gay and they're like but but he's not actually gay but that's gay and yeah. they're like trying to explain that like the use of the right. term right so yeah i understand i mean i'm not joking man in the late 90s that's all we called each other like all of our all the buddies late 90s yeah. dude that's all i call all my friends <laughs> every day every single morning Oh, like the man. morning, like my group text with all my hunting buddies every morning, or at least let's say three to four mornings a week. Hello, gay boy. <laughs> the introduction to the, the group text. Yeah. And I'll be completely honest. I don't care <laughs> if you're gay or not. Right. Yeah, I just I like care. using that word for some reason. <laughs> I just really like using it. Same as, same as fuck, man. I think that is one of the greatest words in any language ever. Like it means so many, things. so many things you can make it, you can make it whatever you want. It is, it is a word that can morph into anything. It's very malleable, malleable. There you go. You would say, yep. Okay. Before uh, I actually lose all of my sponsors, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've already hunted Kentucky. Tell me what that was like. Hot, 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 hot. hot humid disgusting bug bites uh, but but fun uh, yeah dude i'm covered with i'm not sure if they would are seed tick bites or chigger bites chigger one bite, of the two yeah. but yeah, i'm covered with them also covered with poison ivy yeah. so that was my third trip to kentucky and my third time getting into poison ivy down there which i i told myself this time was going to be different dan it was no different i don't even know how i got into it this time because i thought i was being careful but, you know what that um, know what it looks like yeah. right yeah, I'm yeah. well aware. With you know, the first two times I got into it was vines on trees. Mm. So that's what I was really cautious for this time to not climb a tree that was covered in poison ivy. And I think where I made the mistake was I wasn't looking for it as closely as I should on the ground. And I believe that I set everything down at the base of a tree one night that I was getting ready to climb, and I most likely was just rolling around in oh. poison ivy that was on the ground. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's all over my legs. I got a bunch of it kind of going up my side right here. Mostly the chigger bites are pretty well gone at this point. Um, but yeah, still dealing with the after effects of poison ivy. You know what really sucks about the poison ivy was I got it. It was pretty bad at first. And I had a bunch of prednisone left over yep. from so earlier this year, like over the winter, I actually got a staph infection on my leg. Ugh. Um and they put me on antibiotics for it, right? Which was great, knocked the staph infection out. But then I had an allergic reaction to the antibiotics, which I've never had before. Wow. And I broke out in like, I don't know, hives or, dude, it was everywhere. And I was like, what the hell? And then the doctor's like, oh yeah, you're having an allergic reaction to the antibiotics. So they put me on prednisone for that. And I had some left over, so I didn't take the full dose because I'm an asshole like that. Yep. And uh, so I, I brought it with me just in case I got poison ivy, which I got. And I was like, sweet, I planned ahead. Took the prednisone, knocked the poison ivy out. But the problem was I must have had it on some piece of gear that I didn't know it was on. And then I got it again. Yeah. So now I'm like, shit, you know, do I take more prednisone to take care of this or do I just ride it out? I've decided I'm just riding this out right yeah. now. 
So yeah. I'm just dealing with it. Mostly yeah. I just wake up in the middle of the night scratching the living daylights out of myself in yeah. the middle of the night. I'm sure my wife loves it. So I don't yeah. I don't care whether or not the tree is the absolute best tree on the farm. And if it has poison ivy growing in it in October, I will not hunt it. Like I don't, I'm not, I don't mess around with that stuff. Like I get it so bad. I just don't, I don't mess around with it anymore. The last time I got it, I went down to hunt in December. It's like Mm -hmm. middle of December, I mean, week before Christmas, something like that. And I went out to hunt that evening and I found a tree and I had a vine in it. And I'm like, well, it's December. It's dormant. Mm -hmm. There's snow on the ground. There's no leaves. I can't get poison ivy from this vine. Mm -hmm. And what did I do? I'm in a freaking t-shirt like this, bear hugging the tree as I'm putting everything up. Sure as shit, dude. I get home like two days later, it's all over my arms. And it was bad. Yeah. And I was like, huh, well, apparently you can get it from a dormant, dormant vine yeah. that doesn't have leaves on it. So, yeah. so let that be a lesson to everybody. Last month I was out um, setting trail cameras with my oldest son and we were both wearing long sleeves and we were both wearing long pants and he was even in taller grass. Like he was out playing. I handed him um, like this machete. It's called a woodman's pal. And I, yeah, I I handed it to him and he was like hacking, just going and hacking stuff with it. Anyway, the next day I start getting chigger bites and I mean, I had them all over my waistline up on my stomach and back all up on my ankles up to my knees real bad that that little sob doesn't have one bug (laughs) on his entire body so i don't know if it's like he has like you know how a fawn doesn't smell yet maybe maybe he's so young he doesn't (laughs) smell yet and they're like oh check out this side of beef over here more opportunity so i don't know yeah, dude, I got him in the same spot, all under where my socks were, ankles about up to my knees, mm. all around my waist, where my waist belt was for my, my pack. Um, little bastards. Yeah. Yep. Uh, do you ever soak your clothes in permethrin? You know, I usually, I don't soak them. I'll usually spray my boots and like my knees down of my pants, mm-hmm. but uh, like an idiot, I new boots and new pants on this trip, and I just didn't spray anything. Yeah. Now, granted, we got halfway through the trip, and one of the guys I was with was like, hey, I got some permethrin with me. You should spray all your stuff. I'm like, well, it's a little late, but I'll spray it anyways. Yeah. So they're all sprayed now, but, yeah, normally I do. Yeah. I, I definitely need to do that before uh, the season starts. I don't want any I don't want any more chigger bites because at some point I'm going to be looking like, you know, those crackheads that have permanent scars all over their bodies. Dude. That's probably how I'm going to look because yeah. I've been itching the living daylights out of some of these things. Yep. Yep. So, absolutely. Yeah. And then good, good I don't times. know what color are your sheets on, in your bed? Oh, they're white. Of yeah, course. of course. So then why you, would they be any other color? You itch it while you're sleeping, <laughs> and then like at the foot of your bed, it looks like a murder scene. Yeah, I'm sure my wife's going to be pissed here <laughs> any, day, any day now. Yeah. Whatever. Sure That's what I say. Whatever. Um, what else you got going on? Uh, besides like wife, family, kids, sports, all that jazz, I'm just waiting for Illinois deer season to start. But unfortunately for me, I've created a freaking monster and my oldest boy is just raring to go. Yeah. 
out of the gate once October 1st comes. So I got to kind of appease him, um, take him hunting. So I don't know what my early season is going to look like. So Is there a youth but, season? Uh, there is a youth gun season that we won't hunt. You just is bow hunting, yeah. cross bow hunting, I should say. Yeah. So, but yeah, we have a youth gun season. I think it's like the second weekend, maybe in October or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he's raring to go. Like he knows October 1st is a Sunday. So he's like, dad, can we hunt that afternoon? I'm like, well, you got a football game and then you're supposed to have playoffs for your fall baseball that day, but I don't know what time the tournament is. So I'm like, I might go. I don't know if you're going to go. <laughs> he's like, come on. I want to go. I got a, I got a buddy from high school who his son, oh man, I want to say freshman or sophomore. And I think he's just, maybe he just started to drive. And if he's not driving, he's using like a side-by-side cruising around the countryside. Anyway, he's out there already knocking on, like knocking on doors for permission, getting permission. He's throwing up trail cameras. Like he's buying these really cheap trail cameras and putting them out in um, middle of nowhere spots and, and just locating giants in here in Iowa. And I don't mean just like ate up with it. Oh dude, he's ate up with it. And it's, I think it's starting to piss his, his dad off, my buddy (laughs) off because like he's way more passionate about it than I think his dad is now. It's kind of like he's passed him in that. And I, and uh, I think it's cool. Like his dad took him out when he was young, got him his first deer. Like it was in the tree stand with him, did all the steps. And now it's like, I don't need you anymore, dad. And so he's going through that. I haven't even started anything yet. And, um, like my wife actually asked your oldest boy. My oldest boy is, uh, eight. Dude, that's, that's how old my kid was when he shot his first one. Yeah. Was eight. And I was torn whether to take him or not, but I mean, he was, he was begging, begging to go. Yeah. You know, we shot the crossbow a ton you know, we limited how far he was going to shoot and everything. But, yeah, he shot one at 8, 9, and 10. He's 11 this year. This I told him this is his last year, I think, with the with the crossbow. Mm-hmm. So he'll do his, his hunter's education he'll do during the winter this year. Cause as yep. long as he's hunting with me, he doesn't need it yet. So my plan is, so he's 11. My youngest is 7. So we'll be 12 and 8 next year. Mm-hmm. So I'm planning on, like, flip-flopping, like, I'm like, dude, you're getting your hunter's education this fall. You're going to start shooting your compound more. You're plenty big enough and strong enough to, to kill a deer with a compound next year. I'm going to basically turn him loose the yep. same way I got turned loose at, at 12. Yep. And then I'm going to start taking my young guy and try to get, get him one. So I'm going to usher them through. And then he got my daughter sandwiched in the middle who has zero interest in ever yeah. shooting anything. Yeah. So, so my youngest, I don't think he's going to be interested. My oldest boy, I think, I think he'll eventually get into it. But the one who wants to go with me the most is my daughter. I've taken yeah. her out. Isn't that funny how that works? Yeah. Like every kid's just so different. It's yep. crazy. Yep. And she's like, dad, I want to come to South Dakota with you this year. I'm like, sweetheart, <laughs> man, I would love nothing more. Honestly, I would love to have her in the back of the truck with me, you know, you know, sleeping um, in under the topper, uh, hiking in there with me in the mornings, but I'm just like, sweetie, your legs are just not long enough right now. Like you probably are walking at the same pace 
as me, to be honest. But going up and down these hills all day long, you're just not ready for it. And and plus, she's how old? She's ten. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. She's just younger than my son. Yeah. Yeah. But I. She's getting there though, dude. Oh yeah. Like probably two years, maybe. Like that eleven, twelve, they start growing like weeds, man. It's crazy. Yeah. And so, here's a question for you: Do you feel like you will be the dad? who pulls their kid out of school for maybe like, I don't know, four, four, four days, maybe a whole week and, oh, yeah. and take some on some Western hunting trip. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I had this conversation actually. So this is my son's first year of middle school and we just went to this like orientation thing and they were talking about attendance and having to be here and all the kids that are missing class and all this jazz and, you know, my wife was like talking about how important it is for them to be in school. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not minimizing and saying it's not important. But I also had to tell my wife, like, there are other things in life that you should be able to do and experience. And as long as it's not affecting your education, like if you're doing well in school, which fortunately for me, all my kids do pretty good in school, um, like they can afford to be gone for a week. And I think looking back, like, dude, I missed at least a week every year. I mean, my dad took me to Canada moose hunting. He took me to Canada bear hunting. Usually the bear hunting was in the spring and it would be right after we got out of school. Mm-hmm. But I mean, moose hunting was, you know, last week of September into the first week of October. And I was, you know, we'd leave on a Friday after school, be gone the whole next week and then, and then come back. So yeah, I a hundred percent plan on that. I was actually, yeah. I think my plan is once he gets probably, I want to say 13, 14, I'd like to take him out on an antelope hunt. Yeah. To, to Dustin's place yep. in Wyoming. It's kind yep. of kind of my my plan, because um, he keeps just like your daughter, like he keeps wanting to go to Wyoming with me. Yeah, you know. And I'm like, dude, I'll take you out there at some point. Like I, I don't need to really shoot another antelope. I've shot a handful of them. I'm like, but I'll, you know, I'll take you out there. I haven't told him yet that I'll let him. You know, I'll, you know, take him, let him actually hunt. He just wants to tag along right now. But uh, yeah, that is definitely my plan. I mean, I'll pull him out of school you know, a day here, an afternoon there, you know, even just during this fall to go, to go deer hunt. Yeah. You know, yeah. his sports schedule is so freaking crazy that it's like, if I don't do that, we just don't get enough time to hunt. Right. You know? So if it means like, Hey, if we got a cold front coming through on a, like Wednesdays, he generally doesn't have any practices or games or anything right now. So yeah. it's like, we got the right conditions on a Wednesday afternoon and he's not out of school till like four o'clock. And I'm like, dude, if I need to pull you out at noon or whatever, and we go hunt that afternoon, like I'm not going to feel bad about it. Yeah. And that's what I told my daughter. I said, as long as your grades are good enough, man, we can skip, a, we can skip a Friday and go turkey hunting in the spring, you know, cause usually I'll, yep. I'll pull her out. Um, I'll pull her out and take her on a, like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday tur- type turkey hunt. But, uh, but yeah, man, I, I'm really looking forward to, man adventure like not only the stuff close to home but the big adventure stuff too and i have no problem there's so much that people can learn in a environment like that where you know you 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 bring stress into your life in some way shape or form whether that's climbing up a mountain or trying to be quiet in scenarios or trying to observe a landscape and put together some kind of plan together like i there sure. you just can't learn that shit in schools man there's you can't and there's no. no replacement for those experiences and those are things that for me i think the most enjoyable thing about 
bringing my kids with in the, the hunting and outdoors is being able to be there and experience those things with them for like their first time. Yep. Cause like for us, it's like, how many firsts do we really have left? Yeah. You know, we burned up most of our firsts, like being able to see that and live through that through your kids is like, dude, it's, it's, there's nothing like it. Yeah. And I, if you don't have kids, like I don't, you can't, I don't think fully appreciate it. Cause I remember when I was younger and I didn't have kids, like I didn't give two shits about any of this stuff. It was like the least interesting thing in the world to me. But now yeah. that I do have my own and, and I see like what I get out of it, like, uh, I don't mind giving up like a pretty substantial amount of even my own hunting time to bring my kids hunting yeah. and let them be the ones kind of behind the trigger uh, rather than me. Like it doesn't, it doesn't bother me at all. In some right. cases I actually prefer it, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And I, I tell you what, that's why that's my, my whole thing with Turkey hunting. Like I'm not a huge fan of Turkey hunting per se. Like I, I like doing it. Don't get me wrong. Um, I'll do it every year. But I'm not the person who's going to, you know, go travel to the ends of the earth to try to shoot a different kind of turkey, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I will sit out there and go hard for my kids when they're ready sure. for it, you know. So I don't know, man. Um, actually, I, I think I'm thinking about maybe next month going and buying a like a single shot shotgun, one of the smaller ones. And, yeah, and, a 410 yeah, or something. Maybe a 410. Uh, something small that they can kind of carry around and, and and mess around with and use, and it's not so big for sure. them. But uh, because, like, I, I don't know, man. I can remember when I was a kid, I would I went pheasant hunting, and my uncle hands me, like, this gig. I was, like, 12 years <laughs> old, hands me this 12-gauge, just this gigantic 12-gauge, and I'm just like, boom and i got lucky and i shot this pheasant right and, and but i can remember my shoulder hurting for like two, oh, yeah. two weeks after it happened yeah i remember being like almost like a badge of honor though i remember oh, yeah. going to school after like trap shooting and being like dude look at my arm it's like bruised up because exactly. so many <laughs> shells this week or yeah. you know whatever like to my buddies because i thought it was like so cool yeah so yeah dude there's 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 just something about it with the kids like it's uh it's a blast i i i enjoy it so i'm i'm looking forward to this fall you know my son my oldest boy you know he killed uh he killed a little like a year and a half old buck when he was eight and then the last two years it's just been does so he's he's pretty hell-bent that he wants to get another buck this year yeah um you know we passed a lot of little like year and a half olds and spikes and stuff last year he wants something a, a little bit bigger than the one that he already shot so i'm gonna you know, last year, man, we just couldn't seem to get it done. So we're going to, we're going to invest a little bit more time this year and, and we're going to do a little bit more. I'm kind of like taking it in steps. Like we've been doing the, you know, ground blind, you know, over a food plot with the crossbow, which is like the easiest way really to kill a deer. Let's face it yeah. next to a, an actual gun. And then every once in a while we'd sprinkle in a hunt where we weren't in a blind, we'd go somewhere and just sit on the ground in like a natural blind We've done that a couple times. You know, he passed a few does doing that last year. So we're going to do a little bit more of that this year. May get him up in a tree stand. I think he's big enough and strong enough to be able to, to hold the crossbow now mm -hmm. without needing like a, shed, a, a set of shooting sticks. So we're going to try. I've got like a double ladder stand set up. So we're going to get up in a stand and, 
you know, do that this year. So I'm kind of just like trying to inch his way towards like what will eventually be him next year by himself, hopefully in a ladder stand with a compound. Yeah. You know, we're kind of going one, one thing at a time. Yeah. Baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. You got it. All right. Um, let's talk, let's talk big boy stuff now. I want to, I want to ask you, do you, cause I think we had a conversation. I don't know if it was this past winter or maybe it was this spring. Did, did you have a four-year-old that made it through that you were kind of uh, looking forward to seeing how he would blow up this year? I'm trying to think here what I've got out there. I have, I don't have any deer from last year that made it through that I either expected or maybe was hoping to blow up all the deer that I've seen so far have been deer that I, I kind of knew what they were going to be. Let's yeah. just say I had a, I have a bunch of three-year-olds that made it to four. They're all deer. I would hundred percent shoot. I have a, you know, a good amount of those. Um, I have one deer that I think is eight this year. He just keeps getting smaller. Five was his peak. He got smaller at six, smaller at seven, now smaller yet at eight, but he's still out there. I'd love to shoot that one. Um, I had one deer last year that, I, if I'm remembering correctly, he was a five-year-old, and I, 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 we didn't find sheds. Don't have any pictures of him yet, but he's also the type of deer that doesn't really show up until late September into October. Mm-hmm. So I'm, and I'm also running very minimal cameras on that farm right now. I got three cameras on like 600 acres so by no means am i covering enough ground to say that he is or isn't around but that deer i mean he went from a four-year-old gosh you know probably 140s to a five-year-old like well into the 60s so i'm I'm, if he's around this year i'm thinking he's gonna be the biggest deer that i have to chase for sure okay but kind of just wait waiting to see yeah. I'll, I'll say this about my, my own properties, man. I have two properties that I hunt okay. one shooter deer so far on each of those properties. Typically there's multiple four-year-olds, uh, right. you know, four or older last year on this new farm that I acquired multiple deer at four or over tons of shooters. Um, and I, I connected with one. Uh, one of those shooters and this year there's only one mature buck on each farm and right now right now there's only one mature buck right now right but the question is what does that look like in a month from now no i get it right and 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 i'm i'm an advocate for that statement right I, i i believe that but in the past man Every single year, the summertime in September up until Velvet Strip has been tons of deer, like tons of shooters. And this is the first year that it's not, it's, it's, it's different. And I am. Is it a crop rotation thing? See, I initially thought that, but I, I went back and looked at all of my summer trail camera pictures from previous years. So it's 23 now, so that means in 22, uh, it would have been a different crop rotation. And then, right. tw- you know, 21, different crop rotation. And there is there is a little bit 
of difference on where on the farm my trail cameras are picking them up. But this year, there's there's a they're not showing up. They're just not there. And yes, you're probably right, right? They're probably going to come in and make this area home. Um, but it usually doesn't work like that. Like, I don't know, man. I, yeah. I, I, well, I mean, you know, Clint, you know, Clinton Fawcett. Yep. You know, he was, he's one of my, my bros on our group text and he, dude, he's the same way. He's like, dude, I have not had a big buck on camera since like July. Yeah. He's like, I don't know where they're at. I don't know what's going on. You know, everybody's starting to worry about EHD because of the drought. Yep. Um, I know I got a text from a buddy down in central Illinois yesterday. One of his neighbors found a dead velvet buck. Yeah. Um, an EHD deer. So, I mean, I haven't heard of any like widespread death yet, yeah. uh, but I know people are definitely worried about it. You know, we had an awfully dry summer. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's weird though, because even on the farms that I'm talking about, like I know that, he, so have you ever experienced this? You know, I put a camera out and it's, it's like, it's new. And in the first day or two days, I get a bunch of buck pictures on it yep. and then I don't get anything. Yep. It's like they sense the intrusion. They know the smell. Some, they come to check it out and then, and then they're just gone. That's how it is with that big, like, eight-year-old deer, dude. He was, like, the first deer I had on camera. Put a camera out, boom, there he was, fucking staring right into the camera. I think I've had one picture of him since. You know, so I know he's around somewhere. Yeah. um, But it it hasn't – it certainly has not been a good summer for me for, like, um, I would say, like, consistent pictures of deer. Yeah. I will will say this. I think water might have something to do with it. I think sure. I think they're closer to the river bottoms, uh, where there's consistent water. The ponds and all the wet spots on the on these farms have kind of dried up. The ponds are still there, but you know I think there's other places that they're finding water. Um, sure. I think, and we just had some good rain come through. Did you guys get that rain the other day? Yeah, we had some some pretty decent rain. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I think where I'm at here now, we're all right. Yeah. But it seems like Central Illinois, everything's been missing them down there. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. You know, we actually Todd and I picked up a a, a pretty big farm down there that we're going to hunt this fall. It's like a three hundred acre farm down not far from Clinton. But uh, dude, we're not running any cameras on it. We haven't been down there. Like we probably won't even go there until the season opens. Yeah. And we're going to kind of scout, hang, hunt. You know, on you know, kind of the, the most recent intel. So. Who knows what we're, I mean, God forbid we walk into a place where there's 20 dead bucks laying in a creek bottom, but I mean, we have no idea what we're in for. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just noticed this difference the other day and last month it didn't concern me, but as we start getting closer to October and here we are, what we're 13 days into September as we record this, now I'm just starting to go, eh, okay, maybe, you know. And it's, it, it's not a big deal, but I'm thinking about it. And, sure. and so, but I don't know, man. And to be but honest, I mean, so, but here's an, here's an example, right? So the, the bucks are all just starting to shift right now, right? Yep. Velvet strip yep. kind of happening right now. If it hasn't already there, this is the time when I feel like they start to shift around a little bit. I had one of those deer I was talking about it was a nice three-year-old 
mid one thirties, eight pointer last year, have not seen him all summer. Yeah. Just, and he was consistent last year. Like mm-hmm. even in velvet, all of a sudden two days ago, boom, he shows up okay. and now he's been there literally every day. I mean, maybe it was three days ago. He's yeah. been on two different cameras every day for the last three days. He just like all of a sudden must've stripped his velvet wherever he was at. He showed up and now he's just, now he's just there. Yeah. And hopefully he's going to stay there, you know, the same way that he did last year. But Again, that was one of those deer. I was like, shit, I wonder, did he get hit by a car? Did something happen to him? Whatever. Like last year, tons of velvet pictures of him. This year, nothing until he was hardhorned. So yeah. I don't know. Only time will tell, I guess, man. I just, I, yeah. I hope, I hope it recovers. I hope it, I hope it recovers because I, man. Gotta I, have faith, man. I always try to have faith until it's like mid-november and yeah <laughs> okay the rut's almost like, over and i haven't even seen my shooter yet yeah yeah oh, i'd man. say like mid-october right yeah. mid-october you know if you don't have something at least start showing up at night somewhere yeah. then you got a problem right but i still think i think over the next 30 days you're gonna see a lot of deer start to shift and, and move around yeah at least that's what i've seen and i'm also gonna start putting a lot more cameras out yeah, I don't. I didn't run many cameras. I didn't even put any cameras out until probably middle of July this mm-hmm. year. I didn't even. I didn't run a single camera. Yeah. Um. I have three different farms. I put three cameras on each farm, and I was like, that. That's like all I kind of had time to go do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we all know that, dude. A, a trail camera covers this, this much, much yeah. of a piece of ground. Very and small. They, like. Do you do you put minerals or bait or anything out in front of your cameras in Iowa? Because you guys can do that. We can't do that here. Yeah, I I can. So I have two minerals uh, mineral uh, stations, one on each farm, and I have, you know, I I, I get the pictures, but right. both of them now have, and I only it's only been a couple weeks. Both the the batteries both must be dead. They must, they, I think they took so many pictures that the batteries have died and they're not, and those are cell cameras. Yeah. And they're not sending me any pics anymore. And in both of those pictures have been of buck. Um, both of those cameras have captured the shooter bucks. So now I'm getting these shooters on different cameras, which it's not a big deal because about this time of year, they stop really hitting mineral sites anyway, you know? Right, um, right. And so I, I'm going to eventually have to go and, and move move those cameras. See, it, it's, it's nice for us because I get to kind of lie to myself all summer and just be like, well, you know, we can't put out minerals. The deer oh, are yeah. on the neighbor's yeah. bean field. They're here somewhere. I know they're here. I'm just not getting pictures of them. You know, so I get to come up with all sorts of excuses as to why I'm not getting right. buck pictures. Right. You know, but I had beans on one of my farms this year, and I got – two or three different shooters out there you know nothing giant nothing bigger than probably in the 140s you know i would say but definitely deer i'd like i'd like to shoot um we picked up a shed off of a buck that generally doesn't show up until late season that was just a beautiful big typical 10 pointer and i'm gonna buy some beans back from the farmer so i'm hoping to have some some decent late season hunting there uh so i guess you know what i always say is like Whatever is going to be there in October is going to be there in October, whether I put cameras out or not. Right. You know, it doesn't really matter. Whatever's there is going to be there, and I'm going to hunt based on sign and wind and all that jazz, you know, and not so much based on trail camera data. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm always a step behind them when I do that. Yeah. 
Yep. So, guess we'll see what happens. We will see. Well, my friend, we'll keep it short and simple today. I really uh, appreciate you taking time out of your day and let me say yeah. good luck to you this upcoming season and hopefully uh, the old and the new properties pay off for you and your boy. Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting, dude. Uh, I purposely, you played football, right? When you were like in high school, I feel like you were a football player. Yep. Like I purposely avoided playing football when I was young because I hunted. Yeah. Right. I was like, my coaches, I played baseball and the coaches were always like, you gotta, you gotta play it. I'm like, nope, go in deer hunting. <laughs> and uh, my old, my oldest boy decided he wanted to play football this year. Yeah. And uh, dude, he's, he's like ate up with it. Yeah. Absolutely loves it. Like it's like, he's just super into it now, but man, like, dude, come on. <laughs> like they play until like, I think into the end of October and yeah. then they do playoffs Yep. And this team that he's on is like, dude, somehow he got on like a really good team. And like last year they played almost until Thanksgiving. And so I'm like, yo, well, bro. Hey, <laughs> I tell you what, at least you're a supportive parent at with, in some aspects of the sports. And I can remember guys uh, telling me that their dad never watched any of their high school or middle school football games because they were in a tree stand. Hunting. They were hunting. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that there won't be a game or two here and there where I'm like, sorry dude, I'm going down to the lease that's yep. four hours away. I'm not yep. gonna be here. But yeah, I'm I'm trying to make as, as many of those as I can. I mean at the end of the day, dude, these are like times and memories that we're not gonna get back. Exactly. So, you know, exactly. and to, to to miss that for a deer, like yeah don't get me wrong. If part of me inside is like, oh, I need to go deer hunting. But I'm also like, I think you and I are probably both in a similar situation where we're pretty fortunate that our schedules allow yes. us some extra time to go hunting yes. maybe during the week and when, when there aren't sports games going on. Yes. So it makes it a little bit easier to, to tolerate that. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's going to definitely be the most interesting fall for me. You know, my son's playing football. My daughter's cheering for his football team. Uh, and then my youngest guy does like a little Ninja Warrior class during the offseason before baseball starts again. So With real Ninja Stars? I wish. It would be cool <laughs> if it was. They get little bandanas and they run yeah. around and do Ninja Warrior training. So, yeah. But that's, that's kind of fun. They didn't have any of that crap when I was a kid. Shit, we played baseball in the spring for however long and then it was over and that was it now it's like it never ends nothing good lord you can you Man, can play a, you can play sports all year long if you want yeah it's gonna put me in the poor house yeah that's a fact <laughs> yeah that's a fact that's a fact all right justin my man so, thanks and good luck thanks buddy appreciate it and there you have it ladies and gentlemen another episode in the book Huge shout out to Tethered, Wasp, Vortex, Ozonics, Code Blue, Woodman's Pal, and Huntworth. Please go out, support the companies that support this podcast. Um, if you decide to buy, let them know that you heard it from the Nine Finger Chronicles. Call them up and say, hey man, I just want to say that I heard uh, that you're working with the Nine Finger Chronicles. That's badass. That would, uh, that would help me out a lot. And what else, man? I mean, good vibes. You got to have good vibes, man. When life, I haven't said this in a while, but when life hands you a shit sandwich, 
it sucks, man. But just eat it with a smile on your face, then go brush your teeth, right? You might throw up after you eat it, but go brush your teeth, get back on your horse, ride off into the sunset, and uh, man, good vibes in, good vibes out, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you.